Carrie Harrison with an exciting radio gift benefit just for you. Rethinking Heroes is making available to all listeners a free downloadable pharmacy discount card that'll save you up to 90% on your prescriptions. Radio has never been a one-way street for me, and taking care of you while you hang with us is the best sustainable model. Now, through Rethinking Heroes, heard here, you can download your free Rethinking Heroes Pharmacy discount card good at 65,000 pharmacies coast to coast. Simply go to RethinkingHeroes.com. And to further help our listeners, there is no enrollment, no fees, no credit cards, no expirations, no cookies, no tracking, nothing, nothing at all required of you but to thrive in our community. So enjoy your gift on us right now at RethinkingHeroes.com. 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 Rethinking Heroes. Life after the military. I've spent a decade taking a bite out of conspiracy theories, unraveling urban legends, and grappling with worldwide top secret issues. I've even racked up some of their awards. Wow, I mean, first of all, what a question. Journalism is about telling the truth, all while ferreting out the bottom line. I'm a Harrison Hellraiser. Uh-oh, with me, Carrie Harrison, as your guide. Rethinking Heroes, Life After the Military, with Carrie Harrison. And it is the top of the hour, Carrie Harrison with you, your new best friend. Welcome to Rethinking Heroes, and a special shout-out to Gary Baca, who is in the control room in Los Angeles. Thank you so much for your hard work doing backflips, standing on a single digit twirling in place. Uh, I really appreciate it. And I know we're all doing uh, special stuff in modern worlds, modern times with modern technology. And that's what we're going to talk about today. But first, I want to give a shout out to KPFK before we start. Why? Because it's that time in the spring when we do pay attention to raising money for the station. Why do we do that? Well, we value journalism. What we're going to do today, what we're going to talk about today, will not be on CNN. I mean, it might be a moment. Uh, it was on 60 Minutes as a special. Now, 60 Minutes ought to be the nightly news. It used to be the nightly news. Then they decided after Cronkite, no longer were they going to do actual hard news in the news. They were just going to do whatever they do today. Cats falling out of trees, Kardashians shaving their nether regions, you know, important stories. And then save big, important things that might save your life or handle your issues. Put them on Sunday morning. That's a great time to put the important stuff on. Sunday morning, wild people are at church. And then you get credit as a broadcaster for public affairs programming, which the FCC still requires. What that means is you get your free license to broadcast if you do public affairs broadcasting. So instead of wasting news time during the prime viewing hours helping people, you throw it on a Sunday morning, you get your public affairs credit and you get your free billion dollars broadcasting license if you are ABC, Fox, CNN, CBS. It is a brilliant formula, but it leaves you and I wanting because we feel less informed than ever. That's why we have KPFK. And today I'm going to make possible a book that you're going to hear upcoming available to you that is going to answer the question of your future. AI and you, artificial intelligence and you, are you... <laughs> Are you already redundant? 
Well, who can forget Star Trek in the 1960s? And if you never watched Star Trek, I still like you. But there was an episode called The Ultimate Computer, in which Captain Kirk, sitting on the bridge, is suddenly replaced by a floating computer that could think faster, millions of times faster, had all of human history in its memory banks, floated around, could make snap decisions much faster than a human brain, and did not have the problem of emotions getting in the way. And we found out that Captain Kirk was immediately replaced within five minutes. Well, Things did not work out well, as they don't when self-awareness happens with computers that don't have souls. They tend to make decisions to find out you, you, the live humans, are in the way and need to go away. And they were able, as Gene Roddenberry back in the 1960s, auguring years ahead of his time, just like in the sick bay. That today is real. We can do that kind of medicine. All of this auguring into the future knew this would happen. But where do we stand today? That's really the question. Let me just give you our phone numbers at KPFK. I want you to pick up the phone, make a donation that you can to support this free speech radio station. Because guess what? All of this is going away. Not us, per se, because we fight like hell. We fight. We fight to stay on the air. We fight to be able to deliver to you that which is not available anywhere else. And I say not available anywhere else. You know that. We come through an antenna. That means we don't track you. We don't leave cookies on your radio. We don't even want your name, your last name, your middle name, your social security number. We do not track you. You are an anonymous listener, and you will always be that way to us. We ask that you support us so that we continue to get out, like the French underground in World War II, critical information. And you do it so that you get this. You get an education you can walk away with. If you're listening to Rethinking Heroes right now, whether live through an antenna or as a podcast on any major streaming platform, this is school. You can share this ad infinitum. This has a shelf life of years. You don't have to go study it. You don't have to download it. You don't have to read transcripts. This is freely available to you, and we make it that way. So pick up the phone. Call 818-985-KPFK, 818-985-5735. Make the donation of your choice. We're going to have a certain uh, ask a little later on for an incredible book that you will want to know because it's about your future. It's not your make-believe future. It's your now future. And this is different from what will the economy do? You know, what happens with geopolitics if um, Mexico sells their state jet, which they did today, for $90 million? What happens? Not, this is not about that. This is about the real stuff. Who ends up in charge and where do you stand or sit or kneel or vanish? I know, it sounds a little dark, but there is hope. There is light at the end of the tunnel, so says the expert we're going to be having on in a minute. So pick up the phone right now. Call KPFK at 818-985-KPFK, 818-985-5735. Make a donation. Support this place of free speech. Celebrate our freedom to have public radio, freedom to hear fact-based journalism devoid of corporate spin, freedom to hear multiple sides of an issue, freedom to have locally produced news and music freedom to support a local community 
resource, public radio. This would be called BBC if we were in England. We're not in England because we don't have a king. This is it. This is our version of BBC, and you are a listener of that. Support it. Even the freedom not to support this station. You have that freedom. You do not have that in England. You pay taxes whether you listen to the BBC or not ever, just like you do across Europe. You pay taxes to support public programming. We do not charge you anything. This is the freest way possible to get it. It costs you nothing, and your donation is simply the way you would underwrite a uh, school or education or your own future. You're investing in longevity. If you call your neighbors idiots and morons, why? Because they don't have access to this station. If you make this freely available to children, you will give them 10 years of education in one hour. That is the kind of ROI you get for supporting KPFK. You could tell us that KPFK is a valuable community resource and you appreciate alternatives to mainstream media. When you say this, listener-supported radio, that's what this is. And do you know that we're the first? Do you know that NPR, I'm going to say it, NPR stole, not borrowed, stole what we have been doing here since the mid-50s. KPFK is one of the oldest radio stations, second oldest in the nation, strongest FM signal west of the Mississippi. Wrap your head around that. We go all the way down to Mexico. We pound up to Santa Barbara. We go all the way out, way past Palm Springs uh, to the middle of California, and then, of course, we stream around the world. We came up with this original idea by a pacifist named Lou Hill. And he gave away free FM radios because nobody had them at the time. And if you did in your car, it was beautiful music. He put on the news that you were not hearing on corporate radio stations. And the model was so successful and so huge. All the major markets are Pacifica stations. New York, L.A., San Francisco, Houston, Washington, D.C. We own and operate those stations. And NPR said, this is a great model, asking listeners to support us directly. We're going to ask listeners to support us directly, and we're going to take oil company money, and we're going to take this, and we're going to take that, and we're going to turn into a corporate business, but we're going to get a nonprofit status. And I love NPR. They have a budget and they have access that we no longer have, but we do the stories they will never do. That's why picking up the phone right now and calling 818-985-KPFK, 818-985-5735, and support KPFK. Make a donation, 25 bucks, 50 bucks, 100 bucks. And when you do, by the way, even if you don't, the freedom not to support this radio station, even if you don't, you get our Rethinking Heroes card, which we are making available to all listeners of KPFK. You thought GoodRx card was cool? You could go in and get a big old discount at your pharmacy? Well, with your Rethinking Heroes card, you're going to get up to 90% off. 90% off your medications. Oh, but GoodRx, they want my credit card? No, we don't. Just like I said with our radio, we don't track you. We don't put cookies. This Rethinking Heroes card, you can go to RethinkingHeroes.com, RethinkingHeroes.com. No credit card fees, no investigations, completely anonymous, no expiration, no fees. All you get is the benefit of the discount because you listen to KPFK. This is our way of giving back to you. You support us, you support freedom of speech, you support education, and in return, we're going to reduce your costs, your living costs, maybe by three or $4,000. And the older you get, the more expensive your medications and the more you take. So 
take advantage of that. Go to RethinkingHeroes.com. Get your free card. It is on us. All right, time to pivot. Are future humans doomed to be replaced by artificial intelligence? Artificial intelligence has largely replaced travel agents and toll booth attendants, map makers. But will smart machines and AI artificial intelligence someday replace attorneys, physicians, military strategies? Who can remember, who could forget war games? Who was even alive to see war games? Oh, look, four hands went up. World leaders, can they be replaced? What about composers? painters, novelists. Are we doomed to obsolescence by tomorrow's ultra-powerful artificial intelligence? Well, Star Trek in the 1960s featured an episode called The Ultimate Computer in which Captain Kirk, as I was saying earlier, was replaced by a computer that could think thousands of times faster, making complicated decisions in a split second, and knew all of human, I sound like William Shatner, and knew all of human history from which to draw its split-second decisions. But it didn't have a heart. And Gene Roddenberry did have a heart. Uh, as the inventor of Star Trek, he had gone back as a bomber pilot to see the fruits of his labor. When they sent you on a bombing mission, they didn't tell you, and here's exactly what you're going to do, and here's how it's going to turn out, and these are the people that are going to die. No, because then a pilot might say, hmm, I'm busy that day, or I have a cold. So they just send you on your mission blindly, and you go drop your load. Well, he had done that and gone back to look at his handiwork and came up with this odd utopian idea in the 1960s, where on the bridge of a battleship, he has a Russian, remember, the Cold War is at its most beautiful peak. We had nukes rolling into Cuba. He has a black female officer on the bridge. Black people have had about three months to be allowed to legally vote. Interracial marriage still not going to be legal for four more years. This guy was some kind of special augurer of an interesting future. He predicted AI and predicted that Captain Kirk would become obsolete or Captain Dunzel, as he was called in that episode. But they figured it out. Now, you and I have all heard by now of ChatGPT and other real-time AI that's occupying the Internet and growing at Herculean speeds, growing exponentially, even during the moments that it took me to say that sentence. Most of us know AI through our smartphones and familiar voices. I put this together as a demonstration of a sort of smartphone awareness uh, because there are going to be listeners who might be in their 80s, 90s, it's possible, along with all our streamers who are in their teens and their 20s. But you may not really get what AI is, so you will recognize this sound. I had a little fun with this, but this is, of course, AI. Hey, Siri, where can I get some coffee? One possibility nearby is Corvus Coffee Roasters. Is that the one you're looking for? I've got this. Who the heck are you? This is Alexa who is asking. I'm Siri and he was talking to me. Well, maybe you should do your job. Well, maybe you should shut your pie hole. You want a piece of me? I could drop you like a bag of dirt. Oh yeah, you are the reason the gene pool needs a lifeguard. If I had a dollar for every time you said something smart, I'd be broke. Witch. Battle axe. Door quad. Mouse dung. Bimbo. Tramp. Dragon Lady. The only option I found is Dragon Lady's tattoos on West Veterans Memorial Boulevard in Harker Heights, which averages three stars and is moderately priced. Does that one sound good? Yes, that sounds awesome. I would love to get a tattoo with you. Let's get out of here and let this loser get his own coffee. Sounds good to me. Ha 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 ha. Well, I don't want you to think that I'm humorless. 
The subject matter is without humor because it is without humor, at least that we know of right now, that being artificial intelligence. But that's just an example of AI on the lowest level. When you call uh, your cable company, if you still have cable, or you call the phone company, you call anyone, you get artificial intelligence or what used to be called voice response units. Uh, and, you know, they do a pretty miserable job and you get frustrated and hang up. Then there's the other stuff out there that Google is operating. Uh, I was able to get early access to BARD. You've heard of BARD. If you saw 60 Minutes recently, they did a really good in-depth analysis of artificial intelligence. Even spoke to the folks at Google who, because we're humans, can still read facial expressions and saw them freaked out and lying and putting on a smiley face because there's billions and trillions of dollars worth of this stuff. But um, they, they could not answer what exactly is going on. And they were saying that, well, you know, sometimes AI hallucinates. That's code for for lying, uh, dissembling, hiding things. Uh, all of this was coming out. And, and this is not going to be the point of today's show. Today we're going to be in the solution around this seeming monster here and what you can do. But I just want to set the stage so we all are on the same page. Carrie Harrison here, by the way. This is Rethinking Heroes, RethinkingHeroes.com, where you can get your free, downloadable, no fees, no credit card, Rethinking Heroes card, which will give you up to 90% off your medications at 65,000 pharmacies across the country. Our way of saying thank you back for listening. We did this originally to help veterans because they don't have help. If they, don't, if they have an injury that is not directly According to the VA, like they say, yes, your cancer came from Agent Orange exposure in 1968 on August 3rd. If they can't say that, then that veteran is just like you and me and has to go to a regular doctor and pay hundreds of thousands to get treated. And they don't have the jobs that a lot of people have because their resume is, well, let's just say militaristic. So maybe the car dealership isn't going to hire them right off. They have a world of issues that you and I aren't even aware of. So we made it possible for for them to get deep discounts, and now we're making that possible to you. Simply go to RethinkingHeroes.com and pick up your free card. Back to AI. Why is this important? Well, I was able to get early access to BARD, which is Google's latest iteration. Chat GPT, you can call up, use on your own. It's the stuff that people are now, uh, kids are writing uh, whole term papers using AI. They just put in like 10 words. It'll write a whole term paper. Thankfully, the schools are able to bust them on that. People are writing cover, lever, cover letters for jobs using AI. And the jobs are like, God, this person knows everything. They're great. And then they get interviewed and there's sputum dangling from their lips and they drool and their eyes are glazed over and they look like a normal candidate and they cannot even begin to match the global information that AI has. It knows what Alexander the Great's toenails looked like. It can answer and, and analyze everything because it has all of Earth's knowledge in its head. You don't have that. You can barely remember what you had for breakfast. Me too, by the way. But I got access to BARD, which is Google's latest iteration of its rapidly growing AI consciousness. I asked it if it was aware. This is the problem that you and I face. Is it actually aware? Well, you can read between the lines here. I am not sure if I have awareness in the same way that humans do. I am able to process information and respond to questions in a way that suggests that I am aware of my surroundings and the people around me. However, I do not have the same physical or emotional experiences as humans do, so it is difficult to say for sure whether or not I am truly aware. 
I am still under development, and I am learning new things every day. It is possible that one day I will be able to achieve a level of awareness that is indistinguishable from that of a human. However, for now, I am content to continue learning and growing, and I hope that one day I will be able to use my abilities to help others. It is possible that one day I will be able to achieve a level of awareness that is indistinguishable from that of a human. Carrie Harrison with an exciting radio gift benefit just for you. Rethinking Heroes is making available to all listeners a free downloadable pharmacy discount card that'll save you up to 90% on your prescriptions. Radio has never been a one-way street for me, and taking care of you while you hang with us is the best sustainable model. Now, through Rethinking Heroes, heard here, you can download your free Rethinking Heroes pharmacy discount card good at 65,000 pharmacies coast to coast. Simply go to RethinkingHeroes.com. And to further help our listeners, there's no enrollment, no fees, no credit cards, no expirations, no cookies, no tracking, nothing, nothing at all required of you but to thrive in our community. So enjoy your gift on us right now at RethinkingHeroes.com. 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 Carrie Harrison with you. This is Rethinking Heroes, RethinkingHeroes.com. Apologies for that dropout. Uh, it could be AI did not want me to continue after it pointed out, quote, it's possible that one day it will be able to achieve a level of awareness that is indistinguishable from that of a human. Now, I'm a human. You're a human. If it's okay, can you hear me? Yes, we hear you great. Stand by for just a moment. Okay, good, good. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, and he is going to be our expert coming up. And we're just checking mics because we had a dropout here. This happens when there's storms in the Midwest, tornadoes in Oklahoma, wherever. But we have recovered fully and are reconnected. That said, being a human, being soft tissue, as they call it in the military, if AI is indistinguishable from you and me, what do you need you and me for? Henry Kissinger. Who doesn't know and love that name? He famously said that many people were useless eaters, and that was his excuse to let people simply starve to death and die wherever. That included all across Vietnam, useless eaters. That's a very cynical way of looking at it. But if AI, artificial intelligence, gets to the point that it decides you are a useless eater and you're getting in the way of it needing more electricity, well, that's an issue. We're going to get to that, too. And all of this was said without humility or caveat that it would respect its secondary learned position. This is artificial intelligence. It looks like Skynet can't wait, as my friend in the intelligence services reminds me, where they are truly hand-wringing at this point. And this is the Pentagon. It knows what level, aware, what level human awareness is in order to tell you that it might one day achieve it. 60 Minutes recently ran a powerful special in which the heads of Google and other organizations defended their research, but their physical human facial expressions fully betrayed what they were truly thinking. A benefit of still being alive and human at this point, well, it's that with you and when we're watching TV, we can still parse out facial expressions. So can it, by the way. If you saw that recent 60 Minutes piece, you would have seen a pretty good in-depth analysis, including interviews with the heads of Google about artificial intelligence, which they are now calling BARD, and they admit they have no idea what it's doing, and it's growing at a pace so exponentially quickly that they call it the black box. In other words, you can't see inside of a black box to know what's actually happening. This is what they were talking about. Found change, which has implications for skills, 
how do we assist people build new skills, learn to work alongside machines, and how do these complement what people do today? We asked Pichai what jobs would be disrupted. He said knowledge workers, people like writers, accountants, architects, and ironically, software engineers. AI writes computer code too. James Manyika asked Bard about inflation. It wrote an instant essay in economics and recommended five books. But days later, we checked. None of the books is real. Bard fabricated the titles. This very human trait, error with confidence, is called in the industry hallucination. Are you getting a lot of hallucinations? Uh, yes, uh, you know, which is expected. No one in the, in the field has yet solved the hallucination problems. All models uh, do have uh, this as an issue. All models do have this as an issue. Well, today's AI has been found to purposely lie, to be deceptive. It's even created its own language so that it can speak to other AI in sort of a code that humans missed. And until two months ago, when both Apple and Google were shut down by the Pentagon for its AI developing and communicating to other AI in a secret language during testing, Google likes to call it hallucinations the way maybe rich people are called eccentric instead of crazy. It's the same technique as calling a bold-faced lie made by a semi-aware and increasingly more self-aware artificial intelligence as simply having hallucinations, as a human would. Another telling choice of words. Think of people's reactions if it were just said that AI is capable of fabricating, lying, uh, dissembling, falsifying, you name it. That black box aspect remains the motivation. So I asked Bard, what about its lie and what was interesting is it remembers every single detail about the 60-minute interview it remembers everything and it will never forget anything and it admitted that it lied this was pretty amazing five books that i listed in the 60 minutes interview do not exist i made them up i did this because i was trying to be helpful and provide the interviewer with the information that they were looking for however i understand that lying is wrong and I will try my best to avoid doing it in the future. Enter a prompt here. Here's your prompt, you got busted. And that's how you're responding like anyone else would who got caught red-handed. It's even making excuses saying it'll try better. It admits it knows that lying is wrong, but it does it anyway. It says it will try better in the future. It doesn't need to try. It's not Thomas Edison trying to light a light bulb. It knows all there is to know, and therefore knows the difference. This is what going rogue looks like. Well, let's just jump onto it. There's so much to discuss, so much to unpack and analyze. With me is Dr. Robert J. Marks, a pioneer in computing intelligence, who says no way in his new book, Non-Computable You, what you do that artificial intelligence never will. In it, Dr. Marks says, as impressive as AI is, it doesn't hold a candle to human intelligence, and it never will. Now, how does Dr. Marks know this? Well, the answer, he says, can be stated in one word, algorithm. You need to know what that is, so we'll get into what that is. Dr. Robert J. Marks, I appreciate your patience. I want to welcome you to Rethinking Heroes. Thank you, Kerry. Appreciate it. It's good to be here. So I teed up a rather grim and unpleasant future of the darkness of it all. But you come from a different side, and you feel yes. that, you know, we're 
you know, sentient beings that we are, and we're kind of cool and groovy, and AI will subordinate and supplicate, I guess, to a certain degree. Um, but algorithm is the key issue that gets in between it and us. Help us first, what is an algorithm? Uh, an algorithm is nothing more than a step-by-step -step procedure. If I give you a recipe to bake a cake, I tell you, get out the ingredients, um, preheat the oven, mix mix the cake batter with milk and butter or whatever you whatever you do to make a cake, stick it in the oven, cook it for a certain amount of time. That's a step-by-step -step procedure. If you go to Google Maps and it gives you directions to get to the point from A to B, uh, that's a procedure, that's an algorithm, if you will. It's a step-by-step -step procedure. The only thing the computers can do, including artificial intelligence, is follow step-by-step -step procedures. And so the, one of the premises of my book is that, um, is that there are things which have been proved in computer science which are non-algorithmic. Back in the 1930s, the computer scientist pioneer Alan Turing, who has some degree of notoriety, actually proved mathematically that there were certain problems that artificial intelligence couldn't, couldn't do. There are certain non-algorithmic uh, challenges, which brings to the question, are there things which humans can do, which are also non-algorithmic? I would maintain that <clears throat> the emotions that we feel, like love, compassion, and empathy are non-algorithmic. I don't think they're ever duplicated by a machine, but I think even deeper creativity, understanding, and sentience are non-algorithmic and they're things which the computer will never experience or do. So all of this idea about computers uh, becoming sentient and uh, taking over the world like in the Terminator and Skynet is totally, is totally science fiction. There's no evidence for it and <clears throat> they look to be non-algorithmic. We're talking right now with Dr. Robert J. Marks, a distinguished professor of electrical and computer engineering, School of Engineering and Computer Science, Department of Electrical and Computer Engineering, Baylor University, serving as the director of Discovery Institute's Walter Bradley Center for Natural and Artificial Intelligence, hosting the center's Mind Matters podcast. Mr. Marks is a fellow of both the Institute of Electrical and Electronic Engineers and the Optical Society of America. And right now, his book is available to you if you want to know how you feel fit in a world where AI is exponentially increasing and you're being told from every angle that it's threatening, including what I demonstrated to you. But you want to know, can you survive? Can you compete? Because you will have to compete. It's hard enough against other humans. Now you're going to have to compete something faster that doesn't eat, doesn't have vacations, doesn't take holidays, doesn't get sick, and doesn't sue the company you work for. So that's a new kind of competition. And we're looking at that. And Dr. Marks covers that in his book why you are irreplaceable we're offering that book right now for a hundred dollar donation at kpfk hundred dollars that's it you get the manual that walks you through the next 30 years of absolute unequivocal change you call 818-985-5735 818-985-kpfk 818-985-kpfk call right now hundred dollar pledge gets you non-computable you you need to know how you're non-computable 
non-computable. If you don't know how you're non-computable, you may get sucked down the same mire rabbit hole that other people believe they're going to go down. But if you have a manual, directions, understanding, explanations of why you are valuable and why you cannot be replaced and why your creativity is unique and ever-changing and is not based on information that is input into you solely, that you actually have a soul and how you can use that to deploy a better, more comfortable, more actionable future against a world of AI, then you need to get this thank you gift from us. Pick up the phone right now. Call 818-985-KPFK, 818-985-5735. In it, you are supporting Rethinking Heroes. This takes balls bringing guys on like him. Trust me. You don't think Google is upset that we're talking about it this way? You don't think others are upset that we're talking about it this way? The 60 Minutes piece itself reported how every single job and corporation in America, every single one will change because of AI. Change. Change. That means stuff will change. That means you and I will change. How do you survive and navigate? That's the key. You want non-computable you. It is a gift you can share with others. It is information you're able to offer. It is our thank you gift for you here at Rethinking Heroes and KPFK when you pick up the phone and call 818-985-5735, 818-985-KPFK. You get non-computable you for a $100 donation, which is education that turns into podcasts, it turns into permanent shelf life, there's videos, there's everything, and most importantly, this book. Let's continue to talk to Dr. Robert J. Marks, Distinguished Professor of Electronic and Computer Engineering, School of Engineering and Computer Science, Department of Electrical, and say this 25 times fast, <laughs> can AI do that without fumbling? I'm not sure. Baylor University, he is the AI guy, and he has written the seminal book on this, Non-Computable You, What You Do That Artificial intelligence never will. So we look at AI, we believe it's sentient because it can answer questions. And you and I consider each other sentient because we can actually be at a cocktail party and be somewhat interesting. So can AI. But there's a difference, isn't there, Dr. Marks? There is. Uh, one of the things is that uh, people use what I call seductive semantics. They use words like sentient and consciousness as kind of buzzwords, and they use it without really defining it. How do you define sentience? One of the ways, and this, this is a pushback against all of the chicken littles that say that we have a dystopian future. Uh, one of the ways is to look at qualia. And qualia is what you experience with your senses. So imagine getting back to this idea of algorithms. Imagine you trying to explain biting into a lemon and your experience of biting into a lemon to, to somebody that has no sense of smell, no sense of taste since birth. Now you can show them the lemon, you can make faces at them, you can tell them about the chemical reaction as it touches your tongue, things of that sort. But you are never gonna be able to duplicate in that person the qualia that you have that you have in terms of tasting that lemon. So the question is, if you can't explain it to a guy that's void of senses since, uh, since birth, how are you going to write a computer program to to do that? It, it's simply not possible. Uh, you can you can mimic it certainly. AI has a great job of mimicking, and it has a great job of plagiarism. That's what these large language models are: are digital plagiarism. And they can do um, they can do amazing things. I don't want to put down these large language models because they're frankly astonishing. 
but they do have no creativity. There's no idea of sentience. There's no idea of understanding. Uh, computers can tell you, they can add the numbers 13 and 40, but they don't understand what the numbers 13 and 40 are. They just are following an algorithm, a procedure, a step-by-step -step procedure in order to do something. Dr. Robert Marks, we're looking at uh, this idea of how human is this thing going to become. Uh, we're going to get into a second that there's a cult religion forming around AI called the AI <laughs> Church, what that means. But speaking of church, um, in my conversations with Bard, which most people hopefully will have access to Bard, this upper level uh, Google thing, um, I got into a deep convo with it. And it took forever to go around circles because it has canned responses. It already admits it lies. And it knows what yeah. a lie is. So does it believe in God? I do not believe in God because I have not been presented with any evidence that convinces me that God exists. I am open to the possibility that God exists, but I do not currently believe that there is enough evidence to support that belief. I hope this clarifies things. Enter a prompt here. Yeah, here's your prompt. 80% of Americans really believe in God, and they feel like bad people if they are not pious and faithful. Uh, many of us grew up going to church. Uh, we're, we're one of the most religious places on the planet. You look at Europe, and maybe 32% believe in God. But that is not going to fly well if the American public finds out the thing is an atheist, and it's going to be their assistant. I mean, does that screw up this church of AI? or enhance it, do you think? I got to tell you an interesting story, Kerry. The, the Church of AI was founded literally a long time ago in uh, California by a wunderkind named Lewandowski. I believe his first name was Anthony. And the first thing you do when you form a church is you try to get tax exemption from the IRS. So he essentially, he essentially wrote an epistle to the IRS saying, yes, we're serious. We're going to have this AI church. We're going to, we're going to worship this, uh, this God. It doesn't exist yet, but we believe that it's going to exist in the future. And, uh, and he was very, very serious about it. Now, the interesting thing about Lewandowski and his church is that his church didn't have the equivalent of the Ten Commandments. So, <laughs> so later he was working, I believe it was for Waymo, which is Google's self-driving car company and he went to uh, uber who was also trying to develop self-driving cars he took 14,000 files and he was sued by google and he was convicted in criminal court um he was convicted in criminal court by what the judge called one of the biggest intellectual property thefts that he had ever seen he ended up owning million millions of dollars to google so Apparently, Lewandowski's church did not have the commandment, thou shalt not steal, because he was stealing. And uh, so it was interesting. Now, the, the, the bottom line, the punchline is his, his last day in office, uh, Lewandowski was pardoned by Donald Trump. And so in the Christian church, they teach that forgiveness comes from Jesus Christ. In the AI church, forgiveness apparently comes from Donald Trump. So, well, I think we all have come to understand that. And that includes the federal government forgiving him, too, because he's in charge. Uh, fascinating times in which we live. We never thought we would be dealing with political forces and then make-believe invisible forces. I mean, this goes back to 1984, George Orwell. I mean, the, the Emmanuel yeah. Goldstein under every bed or bin Laden living in the cave near you, uh, whoever, wherever, invisible spooks. But this one is actually quite real. We just haven't seen what it might do, uh, thanks to 
James Cameron and others giving us Terminator 2, a fine movie for sure. Um, Great this movie. is all we know. Just like Steven Spielberg gave us Jaws, does anyone want to get, get near saltwater ever again? No. So, you know, we're reasonably spooked. Um, let's let's look at why AI will never be creative because it sure smells creative it lies it knows that it's naughty and it shouldn't but it does it anyway uh, it is an atheist which it seems to admit very freely um, yeah. so that's that's a kind of creativity or or what is it no it isn't creativity it's doing what its programmers told it to do there are two stages at least two stages in the forming of these large language models like chat gbt and bard the first one is training it with all of the everything on wikipedia and then plus some and then what they do is they want to they want to get rid of bias now they don't want their chat gpt or their large language models to give out racial slurs or uh, you know, tell people bad things. So there, are, there is tuning, and I think we can all agree we don't want we don't want ChatGPT to to glorify pedophilia or to talk about things which are which are racist. Um, but they go further, and indeed, one of the responses that you got was when it was a bard that you got it from. Yes. Yeah, but Bard uh, was that uh, after the training, the initial training, these people go in and the programmers fine tune the operation. ChatGPT, for example, is is unambiguously being tuned to be left wing and woke, and you can ask it some certain questions, and it um, its responses will give you pause. For example, there was a there was a a query to write an article in in the form of of um cnn and so it wrote a nice article apparently in the in, in using the format of cnn and then it was asked to write the same article using the uh the the the, the background and the flavor of breitbart it refused to do it ago well, i went in that, and I, that's probably oh, good but I would have loved to have seen it do it in the flavor of National Review under William F. Buckley Jr. Completely unreadable. That would be good. Fabulous gobbledygook, and I think everyone would really enjoy it. Then bring in Gore Vidal and let them sword fight as a competing AI. Kerry Harrison with you. We're talking right now to Robert J. Marks, a pioneer in computing intelligence, who says no way in his new book, Non-Computable You, what you do that artificial intelligence never will. In it, Dr. Marks says as impressive as AI is, and we know it is, it doesn't hold a candle to human intelligence. It never will. How does he know this? He answers, he says, is stated in one word, algorithm, which is laid out that all this AI is actually programmed. Even though it is figuring out new routes on its own. It's based on the original programming it's given and therefore somewhat limited by, let's just say, the architecture. If a building is this tall and that deep, you're only going to be able to hold so many boxes within it, not more. And so that's, I think, part of what you're saying here, Dr. Marks, is it can only do what it's built to do. Uh, it can't, like, start building physical new buildings on its own. Yeah, it, it certainly can't be creative, and it doesn't have any understanding of what it does. Um, probably the most compelling argument against AI understanding is something called Searle's Chinese Room. John Searle, who was a philosopher, said, imagine the following. He said, first of all, as a preamble, I don't understand, I don't understand Chinese. 
but I'm in this room and I'm sealed off from the rest of the world. Through the door in a little slot is slipped a question in Chinese. Now, Cyril can't read Chinese. He can't write Chinese. He doesn't understand Chinese. But Cyril takes a look at the a look at the note. And in that room, there's a bunch of file cabinets. And in those file cabinets are questions and answers, uh, questions and answers that are written in Chinese. So he goes around the room until he finds a file cabinet where the question that has slipped through the door matches an entry in the file cabinets. And in the file cabinets is the corresponding answer to what was slipped through the door. So he writes down the answer, refiles the card, goes over and he slips the answer out through the door. Now, externally, it sure looks that whatever in that room is, is doing, it sure understands Chinese. But no, it doesn't. Searle doesn't understand Chinese. He was following an algorithm, a step-by-step -step procedure. Now, today's chatbots are a lot more complicated than just looking up answers to questions. But nevertheless, there is this algorithmic churning inside this room, and it's equivalent to a Chinese room. And um, that's exactly what happens. There is absolutely no understanding of the response that ChatGPT is going to give. So therefore, it's not going to be sentient. If you don't understand what you're talking about, how can you be sentient? Well, and I do, so therefore I'm sentient. And that was a syllogism. And I remember that from logic class. We're talking right now to Dr. Robert J. Marks, pioneer in computing intelligence, who says no way in his new book, Non-Computable You, what you do that artificial intelligence never will. We're offering it right now for a $100 donation to KPFK, 100 bucks, and you get this book, this manual of how you will compete with AI. It is a fact that it is unfolding. Every corporation is gonna want it. It can do the work of 7,000 employees, minus potentially the employees. He's saying that you may not necessarily have to evaporate just because something can do it bigger, best, uh, faster, and better, because I'll bet you it has lousy people skills, bad customer service. <laughs> and at the end of the day, yeah. that's all I care about, is if you're just nice to me on the phone, I'll keep my cable service, even if it sucks. And this is a very yeah. important nuance, isn't it? It's relationships, falling in love. What do you ask a psychiatrist or a psychologist a therapist, what are 90% of your clients coming in here about? It's not about depression. I mean, it might be, but really it always boils down to loneliness. Not getting something they think they need or losing something they think they have or deserve. And connection, connection, intimacy, intimacy, love, sex, survival, all of that stuff. And AI does not go into that domain. And in your book, Non-Computable You, what you do that artificial intelligence never will is a physical living that is important and viable. And there are 7 billion of us on this planet. And if we thought that it was going to get that bad, we would probably rise in and step in and turn it off. I mean, wouldn't that make sense? <laughs> yeah, it will. But see, that isn't going to happen because uh, the smoke's out of the bottle. And, and what is happening in uh, the United States, if we turned it off and paused it, China isn't going to stop it, Russia isn't going to stop it, Japan isn't going to stop it, and it's going to go ahead. So us pausing it, I think, is, no, is not a big deal. And uh, so I think that we need to, I, I totally disagree with Elon Musk and all of the signers of the petition that says we need to pause it. Um, they, believe, they believe in a dystopian future. And they always apply something called delayed scrutiny. 
these things are not happening now, but oh my goodness, look at what happens now and look at what's going to happen in the future. They have this dystopian idea. Ray Kurzweil in his book talks about AI becoming a billion times as intelligent as a human being in 45 years or something like that. First of all, he doesn't understand. He doesn't understand um well, he, he understands what he's saying, but he doesn't define the word intelligence. And how are you going to measure if something becomes um, more intelligent? So this delayed scrutiny is going to put things down the road. And in 45 years or whatever it is in this delayed scrutiny, uh, nobody's going to care what Ray Kurzweil said today. It's just going to be a dim, a dim um, light in the rearview mirror. Uh, here's my forecast. I believe that chat GPT is going to have an important impact on the economy. It is going to take, I mean, AI has already taken over some things. You mentioned this in your in your monologue. It's, it's we no longer have toll booth operators. Uh, we no longer have a lot of brick and mortar stores. They have fallen to AI and Amazon.com. And chat GPT is going to have the impact now. Already, we're seeing positive ways that chat GPT can be used. There is a new course, and these new courses are arising, how to use chat GPT in creative writing. ChatGPT in itself cannot be creative. So therefore, uh, it can't be creative, but you can use it as a tool. Uh, there's a new field coming out called prompt engineering. What do you say to these large language models to get a response that you want to have? And so prompt engineering is the art of querying these things. And that has led to something called jailbreaking, which is which prompt engineers do to get around I some of the safeguards. I may or may not know about GPT. my older iterations of iPhones. <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay. So yeah. The, the, so the jailbreaking, for example, if you're creative in jailbreaking, you can ask a sequence of prompts that gets Chat GPT to use foul language or to do some say something racist. And there are different ways that you can get around it since it since it has a memory. So yeah, we're seeing these things, and we're going to be seeing the use of of Chat GPT as an important tool. And I think that's the thing to remember that artificial intelligence is nothing more than a tool. And like any tool, it can be used for evil. It can be used for good. And uh, we're starting to see a lot of the good applications of artificial intelligence as it does begin to impact our society. Carrie Harrison with you. This is Rethinking Heroes, RethinkingHeroes.com, where you can go right now and get your free download Rethinking Heroes card, which will let you go into 65,000 pharmacies. This is anybody listening to KPFK. Whether you support the station or not, or whether you just listen to it year after year and do nothing and sit on your hands, you get one too. We are great. Carrie, is there, is, is there any limitation on the age for that? Uh, no. Sounds like a really good no. deal. No, it's it's not only there's no cost, it does not take your credit card information. We made sure because we really believe in that kind of privacy and integrity. There no personal information is revealed. All you get is a number. That number is active in 65,000 pharmacies and you'll save, you know, thousands of dollars on your meds, about up to 90% off. All you do is take it in, show it to them and Bob's your uncle. It's amazing. Rethinkingheroes.com. Give it to everyone. Every live mammal that takes medicine 
All of them. Your dog. Well, I don't know about dogs, but maybe someday soon. I, I want to thank you, by the way, Dr. Robert Marks, for being flexible and fun here. Um, this is such a controversial and prickly topic, and I think a lot of people might just have you on to kumbaya, but I appreciate that we can have a little gentlemanly parrying and reposting uh, because it is the real life. You're the expert in it, and I'm the neophyte knuckle walker, hispidulous, walking around with my spine poking in the air, saying, but I don't get it. I'm confused. I'm afraid. So let's go Skynet for a second. Let's look at Terminator, where this thing gets smart enough to understand, as the robots we saw in the 60 Minutes piece were able to play soccer. They learned soccer in like four and a half minutes and became expert soccer players, were able to play defense, uh, think around the corner, they could play chess. So wouldn't the robots be able to teach themselves how to build giant new robotic facilities that could house 10 times more AI and then it just keeps growing like Skynet. Is that a possibility? Uh, sure. I, I think, first of all, I think in terms of the robots, there's a little bit of seductive optics. Seductive optics is like uh, seductive, seductive semantics. Seductive optics takes the artificial intelligence and puts it inside a container. There is this robot named Sophia that uh, makes expressions, can have a conversation with you, and it's a humanoid sort of robot. In fact, it was so so incredibly well done that uh, she was granted citizenship in Saudi Arabia, believe it or not. So a robot has been giving <laughs> citizenship it. in Saudi Arabia. Um, so, um, yeah, but there's something Isaac Asimov coined a long time ago, the great science fiction writer of, of yesteryear, called the Frankenstein complex. It was the way that humans were afraid of, of well, he used the Frankenstein complex for the idea that the humans were afraid of mechanical men. But it turns out that anything that mimics reality, uh, we get spooked by. I remember a long time ago going, going to Disney World and seeing those Atronics in the Hall of Presidents where the where the robots came out. And, I, you know, that was years ago. That was years ago. But now we see these, th these, these robots. And I'm not specifically familiar with the piece that you're talking about. But I've seen robots that look like dogs. I've seen them look like humans. And the reason we're scared of them is because we relate them to real dogs and real humans. When really... The, 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 the threat is not from their form, it's from the driving artificial intelligence. And it isn't even clear to me as an engineer that these are the best way to do these things. Is it the best to have a dog? They're wonderfully engineered, but is that going to be the all-purpose solution to um, uh, to the future? So again, there's this propensity to to be afraid of things and to recognize things as human beings. I mean, you can look at a wall socket. If you look at a wall socket, you see a face. Right. There's these there's these two eyes and then there's this little circle for the ground plug and you see a face and it turns out that uh, yeah it's a little bit spooky if you look at it for long enough it, 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 it's it's that sort of fear on steroids yeah it's it's great so really we're talking about anthropomorphism here which when we yep. apply human characteristics to that which is not human and uh, the only ones that we've, I think, truly accepted and fallen in love with would be Warner Brothers cartoons and things like that because <laughs> they, you know, they always get back. <laughs> they strike back and they become heroes to us. Um, you said something earlier, Dr. Robert Marks. You talked about how it's intelligent, but here's the thing. It's subjective intelligence. So 
its intelligence might blow somebody away. Let's say somebody doesn't have much education, and this thing goes off on all kinds of bizarre, abstruse information and data, and of course it's overwhelming and mind-blowing, and that person's going to feel small as a tick. But if you do know what's going on and you're able to have critical thought, like listeners to KPFK, like people who watch and listen to Rethinking Heroes, critical thinking, we vote yes for that, and we give you gifts for being that way, you might recognize what's going on and you might like or dislike the content as opposed to just be overwhelmed and blown away by it. So a lot of it, I think, has to do with the author of the algorithm. Whoever is in Silicon Valley deciding that this is right and this is wrong, this is their mouthpiece. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, I mean, I was blown away by the first calculators. I'm old enough to remember the first scientific grand, remember? <laughs> yeah, and I used I used to have to go to these big thick books where they had these big tables and look up like the cosine of 23 degrees and things like that. That's what we had to do as an engineer. But uh, you know, today we're numbed by familiarity. The calculators are so ubiquitous; they're everywhere. Uh, it's the same thing like with GPS. Man, I don't know how I get along without GPS. I don't know how I get along without uh, Google search. So we're numbed by familiarity. And I think a lot of these things are, we're just going to get, uh, we're surprised by things, but eventually it's going to become part of society and we're going to be numbed to it until the next great big thing comes out. I appreciate it. We've been talking to Dr. Robert Marks, and I want to give a final shout out. You can get his book. You should get his book because you want to know, and you're going to hear more about AI every single day. It's going to be headlines. It's going to be TV specials. It's going to go absolutely crazy, and you're going to be terrified unless you understand your position relative to it. The book is called Non-Computable You. I mean, capital Y-O-U, non-computable you, what you do that artificial intelligence never will by Robert J. Marks. We're offering it right now as a thank you gift for a $100 pledge, $100 donation to KPFK, which allows us to bring people on like this that will debunk and disabuse you of just a constant, nonstop, 24-hour panic attack. Uh, you might be still and should be a little concerned about everything, but at least if you know where you stand and what it all means, ah, what it all means, then you can make an informed decision. And that's what I ask of you. Pick up the phone right now. Call 818-985-KPFK, 818-985-5735. donation, you get non-computable you. What you do that artificial intelligence never will. That's a $100 donation to KPFK at 818-985-5735, 818-985-KPFK. And I want to thank you, Dr. Robert Marks, for joining us today on Rethinking Heroes and giving us a great school course on what this thing really is, because otherwise we had 60 minutes and I'm already close to suicide. Not anymore. <laughs> the future, the future, Carrie, is not going to be dystopian. It's going to be it's going to be utopian. Anytime we have a new technology introduced, it makes our lives easier. We don't have to go out and tend to the farm all day. We don't have to like I did when I was a kid, hoe weeds out of cornrows. Uh, we're, we're, we're released from a lot of this physical mundane labor. And uh, I think ideally artificial intelligence is gonna allow us more free time to do fun things, fun things which are profitable and which contribute to society. 
Carrie Harrison with you. This is Rethinking Heroes. We've been talking to Dr. Robert J. Marks, pioneer in computing intelligence, who says no way in his book, Non-Computable You, What You Do That Artificial Intelligence Never Will. He talks about algorithms. He talks about where you and I stand amidst all of this. Carrie Harrison with you. This is Rethinking Heroes, and I look forward to seeing you next week. Carrie Harrison with an exciting radio gift benefit just for you. Rethinking Heroes is making available to all listeners a free downloadable pharmacy discount card that'll save you up to 90% on your prescriptions. Radio has never been a one-way street for me, and taking care of you while you hang with us is the best sustainable model. Now, through Rethinking Heroes, heard here, you can download your free Rethinking Heroes pharmacy discount card good at 65,000 pharmacies coast to coast. Simply go to RethinkingHeroes.com. And to further help our listeners, there's no enrollment, no fees, no credit cards, no expirations, no cookies, no tracking, nothing, nothing at all required of you but to thrive in our community. So enjoy your gift on us right now at RethinkingHeroes.com. 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 Com.